It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jorda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch. Hope you had a lovely Easter weekend. I did had very relaxing time and the weather wasn't half bad either. Welcome to the show on this Tuesday. Just to let you know before we start, uh, we've had some calls from listeners about a black van speeding at high high speed on the M1 going north on the southbound lane. Can you believe it? Such a danger. A black van, high speed, going north on the southbound lane. We uh, believe it's crossed the border at this stage. The Gardaí are onto it and the PSNI as we speak. Isn't that frightening, Louise, to think of a van going at that speed? And the wrong, you know what I mean? Coming across. Imagine coming across that and the fear uh, and the danger. Who the hell? And if you swerved at all, like, you know, even if you were in the other lane. Yes, Yes, my, oh my. Anyway, uh, we believe it's gone across the border and both forces are uh, on the case as we speak. Thanks indeed for getting in touch with us. Always give us a shout at LMFM if you see anything uh, untoward or whatever. We love to hear from you. 086 658 by WhatsApp or text or 041-983-2000 if you'd like to call in. Now, Louise... What's in a name? Can I just introduce what we're going to chat about? What is in a name? And this idea came to me, you know, Louise, it's a few months back, actually. I don't know, somebody sent in uh, something about their house and the name of their house. And it set me thinking about house names Mm -hmm. and, you know, why people would give a certain name to their house or perhaps they've moved into a house with a house name on it. And when I started to think about myself... Uh, I, I lived in 24 North Road where I grew up and then up the road I moved and I renovated an old house up there with the name of St. Enda on it. So St. Enda was the name on the house that uh, I uh, bought from another family okay. and it seems it was the name of the house for a long, long time. Do and you know I was, who St. Enda was? Or well, I've never well, heard of a St. Enda. Yeah. Well, there is a St. Enda and his feast day is the 21st of March. Oh, so he okay. comes just a few days after St. Patrick, the national saint. And St. Enda of Arran he is because he built a, a presbytery on the Arran Islands. He was originally from Ulster, a warrior who was converted to Catholicism, I think by his sister, and he opened that monastery and became a famous saint, Saint Enda of Aaron. So somebody gave that house the name Saint Enda. Mm. God knows why. But when I moved to my present house on Ballymckenny Road, I always said, I always said to Miriam that if we ever build a house, I have a name for it. Mm. And sure, she said, whatever you're having yourself. (laughs) 
didn't bother how much one way or the other. Anyway, I called the house Balanchala, or as it's known, Balahala would be the local pronunciation. And will I tell you why I called it I like Balanchala. Balanchala. Yeah, Balanchala is the name Sounds of the house. Sounds like a jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, it's been wobbly at times. It has been wobbly in that house at times for sure. But anyway, the reason I gave it the name is there is a big bay on Loch Mass called Balanchala Bay. Uh, and there's a, I think there's a church or something there as well. But they call it Balahalla. The locals call it Balahalla. And the reason I called the house, because one day in the mid-1980s, I think it was, I was fishing that lake. I used to go over to my great late friend, Oliver Hennessy. He brought me to the west of Ireland first to fish. But I was fishing one day with his good friend, the late great Kieran Caffrey. And Kieran was boating. He was the boatman. I was, we were boat fishing together, but he was controlling the boat in Balahalla Bay. One afternoon, Louise, middle of the day. First up, I catch a wild native mask brown trout of £6.12. Wow. Now, that is a big, big fish. Kieran was going around with the boat. I was trying to play the fish. Anyway, we got him in. Kieran was exhausted. We had to pull in. He pulled in for a smoke, I think. <laughs> I was just thrilled with the fish. And we pushed off, you know, immediately after catching yeah. the fish, maybe about 20 minutes, half an hour later. Jesus, Louise, didn't I hook another fish immediately? He was bigger, Louise. The same he, kind of fish? Wild brown trout oh. in mask. The second fish was £7.14. ounces. So I had a £6.12 and a £7.14 fish. Whoppers! Fish of a lifetime. Caught within, say, an hour in Balahalla Bay. So I said, if I ever build a house, I'll give it the name Balanchala. For memories. Balahalla nice. for memories. Hmm. So that's the reason behind our house name. Oh, okay. So it set me thinking, did... Are there people out there, anybody listening to me today that gave a name to their house for a specific reason? Or did you inherit a house and you know the reason behind the name of the house? If you do, give us a shout. 086 658 top names for houses in Ireland are after St. Jude or St. Anthony. Yes. You know, but yours yes. is a nice kind of ring there's, to it. There's, there's, a, there's a lot like that, I would say. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or 0419832000 if you want to call in. Now, I do know of other people. If you're passing Boyle O'Reilly Way in Drogheda, you'll see a house called Anfield. <laughs> <laughs> you can only understand why the house is called Anfield. A Liverpool supporter. Yes. He'd never sell it, though. He'd have great difficulty. Why? Well... If you're a Manchester United fan, you'd spit in it, but you wouldn't buy it. <laughs> do you know what you'd do? You'd change the name and call it Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say you'd have a great delight in taking down that name if you're a Manchester United fan. I like that, Louise. I like your logic there that would rule out all Man United fans from buying I don't think so. But, but actually, um, according to like a survey that I'm looking at here in 2017, mm. if you do name your house you're actually adding value to it. Oh, mm. really? Yep. Buyers will pay up to... four. This is 2017 article. Yes. Uh, buyers will pay up to 40% more for a good house address, while another survey found that a regal name on a house could increase its value by 30,000. Oh, there you go. Any regal the, names Everybody running out now for <laughs> house names. For house names. Let us know. You know what we're talking about, folks. Can you uh, uh, contribute to the conversation? Would you like to tell us what is your house name? 086-1800-658. Come on, WhatsApp or text us to the show. I have a lovely lady on the phone waiting to talk to me because I do know, and this is me mean, be, mean, being a little curious about this, that she has a name on our house. Anne Barton, welcome back to Late Lunch. Hello, how are you, Jerry? I'm really good. And you do have a house name, don't you? 
I do, and I put it on. Did you? I did, because when I bought this house, there was a mistake on the name on the brochure. It was actually where the vendor is now living, and they put that uh, name on the house, and it was never called that. So I decided I had better put some name on, and I've always, always loved swallows and had them in my other house, and I had both house martins and uh, swallows. And my daughters used to laugh at me because mummy would be going around saying, oh, where are the swallows? The swallows have arrived, thank God. And then I'd go into depression nearly when they were on. So when I came to Slane, where I had spent so much of my life, I came back here and I felt I was home again. Yeah. So I came up with the name Swallow's Nest because I felt it was very home, homely. Mm. Then I realised that there was one uh, on Airbnb, which is up in Rock Farm, which is literally just across the river in Slane. Um, and it was the very same, Swallow's Nest, but still I decided I'd keep my name. <laughs> now, I love it, Anne. I love it. But maybe it should have been Robin's Nest because I do have my faithful Robins around all year round. And I didn't see very many Swallows last year, but there were a few. Yes. So please God, with the name, they know where they should come. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Airbnb for swallows. Are you listening as you wing your way from Africa to us this year? Anne Burton has opened up her home to you and she wants you to nest with her. So I take it the swallows actually haven't found your house yet. They they haven't I nested. Think that's it. Yeah, okay. You're right. right. You're right. So, but, I do have a few, but nothing yeah. as much as I had in the other house. There you go. And and the robin the robins are nesting round or about where you live, yes. Always. Oh, oh, and I, I, I have the robins talking to me and chirping to me hmm. right through the year. Yes. Which yes. is lovely, which is lovely. Yeah, and, and you know, so Anne, you've made a point there coming back to the swallows and the martins, uh, because the martins uh, nest as well as, you know, under the eaves of houses and that. Um, they are the harbingers, I say it again, of spring, summertime. It is wonderful yeah. to see them arrive because of the story of their journey. We were only talking last week to Niall Hatch yes. here on the show about it. And I you're right. Yes. yes, and when they go, I remember doing a poem at school called Only Nanane. Uh, an Irish poem, owning the name, and it yes. was about the swallows and the martins coming and then leaving us, and the sadness of when they left Anne. Well, there you go, and mm. I think it still exists because we're all saying, "Did you see a swallow? Did you see a swallow?" Yeah, yeah, yes, lovely. Uh, but no, and my mine hasn't got the same history as yours, but that's. <laughs> That's the history behind mine. <laughs> well, you know, it is a, a, a lovely thing to, to put a name, a name that you love and that you, yes. you know, you grew up with those birds and you appreciate their story as well. By the way, your post, I, I take it with the postcodes now, there's never confusion about the people on the other side of the river and you. No, not at all. There you and go. And there never was really because uh, Rock Farm has a whole lot of little um, different types of properties that people can stay in. Mm. And uh, it would have been Rock Farm. Yes. The address possibly. Yes. Uh, but no, no, I've had no problem on that. But it's just that I feel it's nesting, it's homey. And uh, that's why I put it up. And Anne, when you were growing up or where you lived previously, had those houses names or is this a first for you now where you live in Slane? Uh, no, I lived uh, when I was living over the other side of the river in yeah. Slane. It had a name. It was Newtown Studs, was what it was. Yes. But it was on the hill of Quillen. 
Mm. Which is a very old name for that area. Yes, yes. And the old house was within it. And so people say, where are you? And if you talk to a local, it wouldn't have been in Newtown. It would have been in the Hilliquillen. There yeah. you go. The yeah. the the old names, the traditions, they 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 are there and they continue. There's a lovely one just come in to me while you're you're there, Anne. Uh, there's a house in Mead, Jerry, called Westwinds. I like that. Uh, as my parents hail from Galway and Mayo, so that's the reason. Clonbar, not far from Loch Mask, where you mentioned about your own home, Jerry. Says a listener there. Thank you for that lovely message. So Westwinds, Mayo, that's Galway, Clonbar. Yes. That's a lovely name. It is as well. And you're keeping well? I'm fine, thank God. Um, and I hope that you are. You sound it. Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. Shall we all have our challenges, but shall we get along oh, with it every know. day, don't we? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and God bless you. And lovely to talk to you again. And lovely to talk to you and thank you for ringing. Not at all. Take care now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Anne Barton there, of course, famous in Mead sporting circles with the GAA side. And uh, there's another one, Louise, I remember. And again, I just took a note of it and I'm taking a little lip liberty perhaps here in mentioning it but Nancy Lynch was in touch with me one day again it's in the past and Nancy her house what do you think of this one uh, Louise is called Snipe Hill Cottage Ooh. I like that. I wonder what the story is there behind that. There must be, Nancy, if you're a listener, anyone knows Nancy that's listened, maybe she'd give us a shout, 041-983-2000. What's the story behind Snipe Hill Cottage? It must be to do with the birds or the area there. You know what I mean? That it's got that name. There must be a lot of snipes about and a hill mm. in the vicinity too. You know, it's interesting. It'd be great uh, to find out. Yeah. Uh, Nancy, if you're listening, give us a bell. We'd love some to hear Some unusual ones, isn't there? Yeah, it's there are just, some yeah. very unusual ones. Your house names. Is there a name in your house? Is there a reason for the name? Do you know of an unusual one? Let us know on Late Lunch today. 086-1800-658 That's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Brendan Jervis is a well-known angler in the North East and beyond and he joins me on the line. Afternoon, Brendan. How are you doing, sir? All right. Uh, you're a very prominent and have been for years visitor, I know, to the River Boyne, all aspects of it, downstream, midstream, upstream. Brendan, what happened to you recently? Tell us the wee story. Well, an unfortunate incident occurred. I was fishing up a black castle with my little uh, bicycle, and I went in to fish a little honey spot of mine, and left the line against the, 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 the birds and that, like, you know, which is no problem. I was fishing away, and a fish showed to me left, so I went into the border and walking away. Now, I heard people on the footpath, which is always the case, people walking up and down and talking and that and exchanging words, whatever they do. And paid no heed, and about 10 minutes later, I was finished where I was and walked out, and the bike was gone. Oh. And I had met two people coming down from the from, from Spicer's car park, and I asked, did they see anyone walking up and down the bike? And they said, yeah, they seen Three lads, two lads who were, and another lad with a dog, and wheeling the bike. Now, they didn't steal it. They probably, the way they saw it in fairness, looked like it was just left lying against a briar hedge and didn't see anyone or heard anyone around. So uh, there's nobody being accused of, 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 of misappropriating it. They just take, take, I say they took it thinking it was done. Okay, so your bicycle was just there, and in all innocence, they thought somebody's out the blimpin' will dump in this. We'll take it and 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 hold on to it. Describe the bike. What's it like? It's a Fido bike. It's an e-bike, an electric bike. It's great for me. You can scut up and down the bank, which I do, which I do a lot in in Napoleon, You know, we have a great bit of laugh with it. 
yes. uh, up and down in the last year. And that's all it was. It's just an innocent situation, and, and I'm, I don't think it was intended in fairness. Because if more happened, it was my fault. I had a lock on it, but I didn't put it on the bike. Yes. So this little bike is very handy for you. It helps you oh, get it's about. A, it's, a, it's a cracker. It's an electric. You can, you can pedal it, you know, motor, uh, physically and electronically. And sure, we do get great crack when the lads are fishing. I'm on the bike, the net, the net, the rod, the bag, and away you go, tally home. I'll oh, get the grade over the crack over it, you know. Yeah. So if anybody has picked up that bike, what area just specifically again, Brendan, where was it? Spicer, the top car park there where the meter is just behind Spicer's car park. Yes. That's where, that's where they, 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 I came there from the lower ramparts up to that, but uh, the people that were with the bike, they came in for the walk and they ended up going out to that car park and away they, away they went in their business. And tell me on the fishing scene, because I'm always curious to know, being an angler myself, any silver fellas knocking about? Well, you saw one roll there. How is it fishing up there? Oh, well, well, uh, those of us who, who fish now are doing okay. <laughs> now, Brendan, I know anglers play cards close to their chest, but come on, between friends, and there's only a few of us here. Obviously, there's a, there's a few fish running, is there? Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm proud to say, like, you know, the fishing, those who committed, like, you know, and had the time off, of course, to do fishing, and are there when the situation is right, and the river is perfect. Uh, I've three fish so far. Oh, good man. Lots of lads there fishing, getting pulled and losing fish. There's yes. Some fine big fish, one fine big fish caught there during the week. A uh, lad called Pat O'Toole caught him. Yeah. You know Pat, do you? Yep. Uh, Pat, now, Pat, now, in fairness, they will put it on Facebook for me and I want to thank him and uh, just for his concern about the bike. But, uh, and yourself for ringing me, that's fine. If it comes oh, up, it comes up. Oh, not at all. Sure, we're delighted to help in any way we can. That's what we're here for. So there you are. The silvers are running. And if you're in the right place at the right time and you have the knowledge that Brendan Jervis has... You, you get down there now and if you see me on the river, just give me a shirt and we'll have a little chat in the wall. Brendan, I hope you get the bike back soon. Thank you for joining me. Very kind. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've picked up that bike or heard of anybody, ramparts, up at the back of Spicer's there, he'd do it at back because it helps him. He's uh, needs all the assistance he tells us he can get at the moment. He's a very experienced angler and great to hear he's catching on the boyne. Working at this house recently, Jerry, and I just spotted this. Lovely WhatsApp come in there from a listener uh, on the football team. We mentioned Anfield and Old Trafford. The house is called... Goodison House, they must be Everton fans. I mentioned here last week on Late Lunch when the news broke that well-known photographer Jimmy Weldon had died rather unexpectedly and there was a huge outpouring of grief and uh, yesterday Jimmy was laid to rest. His good friend Andy Spearman from Draw to Life joins me on the line. Hello Andy. Hi Jerry, how are you? I'm good Andy and thank you for taking our call on the show no today. You paid a beautiful tribute to him online. I read it from start to finish and it really just summed the man up. Hey Andy, you nearly turned him off photography. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> um, he, oh, it was a long time ago, 30 odd, 35 years ago maybe, I was working away as a photographer and he... I think was working as a barman at the time. He might have been in the credit union, but he was. He stopped me in the street. He said, "I, I always wanted to be a photographer." Uh, and what, what would you think? Oh, Jesus, no, no, just Jimmy, don't. I'll never make any money this way. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, he, he ignored my advice. 
He did indeed, and uh, the rest is is history. He was a very pleasant man. I never heard anyone say a nil word about him. And he just had, you know, he had something about him that he endeared himself to people. Is that a big part of the game, Andy? Never mind having all the best equipment and you name it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the most important thing in the creation of a photograph is the subject... Well, unless it's an uh, inanimate object, mm. you know, you're photographing people, is the person in front of the camera rather than the person behind the camera. And the job of the photographer is to get the best, A, put your sitter, if they're sitting, or the, the, the subject at ease. And he could do that. He was a consummate. He had the gift of the gab, which is more important than any other, any bit of equipment you could buy. Mm. And, you know, as you say, it's a tough old game and there, yourself and others uh, have been involved and are involved and continue as well. But yeah. there was, there was this, this this camaraderie despite the competition for, for work. Uh, there was a great camaraderie and it, it, it's a testament to, to Jimmy that yesterday there was at least 10 photographers there that I spotted and we all stood in in honour of him as he was coming out of the doors of the Augustinian church. Um, and there was probably more that just kept the, into the background. Mm. And the favours went to Clarkson, had a few points to to send him on his way. Yes. Afterwards. Yeah, and, and it was a beautiful ceremony and uh, everything surrounding the, the days as he lay in rest as well what was special yeah. to his wife, Katrina, and their family. Absolutely. He was, he, was very, he was active up until so lately. I think that's what, what's caught most people unawares, uh, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I last spoke to him three weeks ago on Sunday. Hmm. Not tell a lie, it was Saturday that the Saturday myself and my wife Jenny were going to Spain the following day and I just had to return something to him that I'd borrowed and we had a great we had an hour's chat just sitting there in his house having the chat and he was in great form I think it was three days later I got a text in Spain to say he was in hospital Mm. and a couple of days after that I got a text to say he was in a coma and then obviously we all know what happened then yeah, very yeah. rapid indeed. Very rapid, yeah. yeah and, and unexpected. Come back to the equipment and the camera and that as well. He wasn't one for, you know, the best and latest and biggest and all that jazz. I know. No, he wasn't at all, no. And he sort of had an innate knowledge that, you know, if you wander up to someone and you're dripping with cameras off each shoulder and around your neck and bits and bobs and this and that and gadgets here, there and everywhere, it's actually off-putting. You know, you've got a lens that you could probably photograph someone from the moon. But it's, you know, you need to get up close to the person and that means getting to know them a little bit for the time you're with them. Now, he's famous for his Jimmy's People and the books that have been published and his most recent one is is well last year. There's some volume of memories of people, characters and places he's left as a legacy. Sure, yeah. I think I said it in the article I wrote. That I think that Jimmy's archive of photographs, there must be millions of them, um, should be purchased by whoever, the council, whoever, in authority to to, to keep them mm. in the public domain. Mm. I don't know, I haven't thought about it, you know, the mechanics of that, but 
it'd be a shame if none of the pictures were to be seen again. Mm. And and going back to his uh, days when he inquired of you first, should I go down this road? What do you think? You weren't so sure about it. Uh, he was uh, well known, as you say, in the bar trade first. Yeah. Then he was the, the the person who greeted you as you entered the credit union before he took up the camera. He always had that people aspect to him. So he had many strings to his bow. Absolutely, he did, yeah. I mean... Um, I was the other side of the bar when I was talking to him but he was always pleasant mm. he had that understanding that you know that it's important whatever you're doing in life to, to get on with other people yeah yeah and that yeah. that that is a very very important message it really is ah oh, he was mm. loved all round he really was and the sadness and the outpouring of grief on his untimely passing uh. is testament to the man you know what will you if you were asked to sit, think of you know one aspect of jimmy Wellen, what will always stay with you about the man oh yeah i was sort of expecting a question like that i can't actually pin down one particular event or anything but um, I mean don't get me wrong there was lots of times when when uh, you know when there's a posse of five or six or seven photographers all trying to say, take the same photograph there can be a lot of nudging and friendly <laughs> yeah. uh, competition to get the picture uh, so there was you know oftentimes to be to be word said but yes. you know once the pictures are taken and got that was it uh, and I think Jimmy was the type that like I, just for example I'll tell you the, the last work he said to me as I was heading off the next morning to go to Spain he said look Andy and he knows like I'm one of those silly people that brings their work on holiday with them in this form of a laptop and he said if there's anything you want covered when you're away just text me hmm. and I knew then and that was him in a nutshell yes he you didn't have to ask for a favour. Hmm. You knew, and Jimmy would be there, and there was no problem. And it was, it, it was a two-way thing as well. Yeah. But unfortunately, Jimmy was everywhere. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how, where he got the energy. He seemed to be at every, every event for the last thirty years, which is some, some. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm. But that does sum up the man indeed. They they say no matter what happened or went before, it was never uh, carried on. And secondly, when the favour was given, you know what I mean, without question. And as you you say, returned uh, as well. Uh, He really will be missed, but he's left an enormous legacy, as we said. He really, really has. Andy, lovely to talk to you today. Thanks for taking our call. Thanks, Jerry. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Andy Spearman there from Drawhead Alive, a very good friend of the late, great Jimmy Weldon. And uh, we extend our sympathies again to his wife, Katrina, and his family and friends. He's left an enormous legacy, but he will certainly be missed. May he rest in peace. And as I said, he was a frequent visitor here to LMFM Radio. And you couldn't meet a nicer fella. He was a gentleman. He really was one of the nicest of all. And we'll miss him dearly. We really will. If you're only joining us, welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. I know a lot of people are... uh, off with children on holidays and the Easter holidays going on until next week. Oh, Louise, I see the teachers, they want the big pay rise. Did you see? (laughs) Did you see them at their conferences at Easter? They want massive pay rises. Yes, Sandy. Is that because of 
inflation or oh, is it the only, the, the more only, work? Yeah, no, the, the inflation. And I understand, mm. I understand the sentiment. But the only ones that need the big pay increase, no, they're not. There's lots of others as well. But the teachers, the conference is at Easter time and they want the money. Show me the money. It's Jerry Maguire. I have a solution, Louise. A solution for the teachers. A solution for everybody. For I think you you'd be a great teacher, Jerry. And me and ev- oh, I'd be a great teacher. I know that. <laughs> Thank you, Louise. Thank you. I have the solution for You're everybody. Very popular in the staff room. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the trouble with me is I call a spade a spade, and a lot of people don't like that. At times when you should be biting your tongue, I let fly. But anyway, I have the solution for the teachers. Uh, for everybody in the country, and I just say to the government, give everybody a 10% increase across the board. No negotiations, no bullshit wasting time, no industrial disputes. Government, just give everybody 10%. Private and, and public. Uh, give everybody 10%. Just give everyone 10%. And let's just leave it at that and not get into all this nonsense and break the country. The and break the country. <laughs> And break the country. Don't put any money into anything else. Don't bother with anything else. Just give us all 10% and feck everything else. Don't put any money into anything else. I have the solution. That's what the government should do. There'll be no, there'll be no disputes. There'll be no days lost. There'll be no nothing. Surely I'll be happy. We'll all be happy. Wouldn't we be happy with 10%, Louise? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he says 10%. I'm going to fall off the chair here. Did you take that medication I'm this morning. I'm, having, yeah, I'm thinking I'm having my second coronary. But anyway... Give them 10%. Just give them. Let them eat cake, as Marie Antoinette used to say. 10% for everybody and there won't be a bother. And then tax in 10% little, more. Little old era. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Give everyone 10%. Good mm-hmm. luck to them. Anyway, two on Tuesday. If you're uh, joining us on the show new or if you're with us, you will know each Tuesday during this year and late lunch, I'm picking a song that's made it to number two but not just had enough to get to number one in the UK charts. And it can be today, yesterday. It can't be tomorrow because the charts aren't out for tomorrow. But, you know, maybe of yesteryear. Anyway, Louise, today, 2000. I'm not going back. You know, the year 2000, mm-hmm. I'm going back. And this song uh, was number two in the charts November time in 2000. And what do you think? Well, I'll give it a spin and then I'll ask you what you think. Were you disappointed that this one didn't make number one. One more time, we're gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, alright, don't stop the dancing. One more time, we're gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, don't stop the dancing. One more time. Oh, I think I have enough of that, Louise. Daft Punk. One more time, 2000. Number two. Can you understand, Louise, why it was stuck at number two? I think I'd prefer to listen to you <laughs> rant about the teachers. <laughs> Thank I think you. I got bored with that after about 30 oh, seconds. I think so. Miguel has been on to say, hi, Jerry and Louise. I'm not surprised that didn't make number one. Beam me up, Scotty. It's absolutely terrible. Mm. Anyway, surprised it made number two. <laughs> number two. It made number two for Daft Punk. But... We always do like to tell you and play. Ah, we've got to play this one today. The song that prevented Daft Punk making number one in the charts was this group's seventh successive number one. I think there's a clue in this, isn't there? And seventh from the first single they released. They released the first single that went to number one. And seven in a row, seven successive singles, mm-hmm. all went to number one, equaling the Beatles record on the 11th of the 11th, 2000, 
for one week only, Louise. Let's hear. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here is. Ah, no, Magella. I hope you like this one. Here we go. An empty street. An empty house, a hole inside my heart I'm all alone, the rooms are getting smaller I wonder how, I wonder why, I wonder where they are The days we had, the songs we sang together, oh yeah For the love that seems so far So I say a little prayer hope my dreams will take me there Ah, that's more like it, isn't it? Yes, the listeners are much happier with that one. Oh, no surprise, much better. Much that's better. a really cuddly song, it isn't is. it? It is. Almost gives you a hug. <laughs> it does. Seven in a row for Westlife, equaling the Beatles record of seven in a row singles, number one in succession. There you are, my love from Westlife, the one that prevented our two on Tuesday from Daft Punk reaching the number one spot. No surprise. I was just looking at the charts and then there were very few songs stayed at number one either for more than a week. That was only a week at number one as really? well. Yeah, there was a lot of change then round about Any that Any other time. good songs? Ah, there were a few, all right. Shh, can't reveal. They're for another time, another week, oh, and yeah. another day, and another place. Now we'll come <laughs> back to them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. Don't be asking me questions like that and putting me on the spot. I... I was going to tell a little white one there and I Good comeback, not good comeback. Was, was, wasn't bad, was it? No. <laughs> anyway, if you want to come back to us, Sinead Kelly is with us next. Our vet, if you have a question for her, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Vet Sinead Kelly is with us this afternoon. Hello again, Sinead. Hi, 
Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Let's get straight to business. I have a very interesting question from Gemma here to begin. She says, we're leaving our dog into kennels in June for the first time since 2019. He hated going then and took days to get back to himself when we took him home and returning from holidays. Is there anything we can do between now and then to lessen the trauma and have him settle more quickly afterwards? Ooh, okay. I mean, there's probably not much that that you're going to be able to do to help him to deal with the kennels, apart from the usual things. I mean, I would advise you can get a thing called a dappy collar. It's something you can get in the big pet shops. It produces dog feeding pheromone and it kind of can calm them a little bit in kind of kenneling situations. What I would do maybe is get in touch with the kennel owner and just find out how the dog was in the kennels like and ask them for an honest answer um, not the answer that the public want to hear um, and just say look the last time he came home he was very down and depressed what was he like in the kennels because to be honest if there are good kennels and if the dog was not happy they should say that um, and as I say I suppose your other alternative if, if the kennel uh, owner says well look yeah he really wasn't happy then you know you could look at can you get someone to come and house sit there are lots and lots of of professional uh, people who would come and look after the dog in your own home um, you know I know of um, several people vet nurses and, and, and you know other people like that who are actually professional dog sitters so if the dog was very distressed in kennels I think that's something to think about but I think your first port of, phone, of call is to call the kennel owner and just say look can you please be honest here what was he like in kennels um, you know did he sit and do nothing and be miserable or was he actually okay because it might be that he was okay in the kennels and then some dogs are quite good at just kind of being a bit huffy when they come back um, but I think you need to find out what was he like like if he wasn't eating and he was miserable and really unhappy do you really want to put him back there again mm. um, and as I say there are options you know you can get people to come and mind them in their own home you know in your own home so definitely and actually I have the names of some people if that person wants to get in touch by LMFM we could, we could do something okay. like that that's great because uh, maybe perhaps another kennel might uh, be in a better environment for the dog yeah, no disrespect yeah, exactly, on, on, the, on yeah. the kennels in question no yeah, no. So, I mean, a lot of kennels can be different. I mean, I would just also ask, is this a kennel that you were allowed to visit before? Were you able to have a look around and see all the facilities? I would always advise going to have a look around and see. Okay. Like everything in life, there'll be a, a range of things. But most ke- like, like I have heard and I've known in the past, uh, you know, that the kennel owner will say, oh, you know, the dog was a disaster here. <laughs> I really don't think you should come back with him. Um, you know, and somebody really who does genuinely know and like dogs will say that. Yes. It may be that just the dog is fussy when he gets home. But, but okay. see what the kennel owner says and then take it from there. Now, uh, hi, Jerry. Can you ask Sinead her opinion on our five-month-old female Labrador? She started peeing a lot over the last few days. It, it, this morning, while out for a walk 20 times. Right, so it's the most common cause of, of little signs like that would be maybe a little urinary tract infection. So I would definitely uh, make an appointment with the vet uh, because uh, just like females of most species, the female is, is more prone to urinary tract infection just from the anatomy of, of the urogenital tract. So often if you're having frequent peeing of, of little bits, it's a sign maybe there could be some infection there. Um, and I would definitely have the dog checked out with the vet just to make sure they might want to do a little bladder scan and just examine the dog. So it's not something to ignore really I would definitely get the wee dog checked out it'll, it'll be something that's easy to resolve um, but you need to get it checked out 
Yeah, the uh, kidney is a vital part of any uh, creature. So uh, take the advice there uh, and and make the appointment. Now, here's another one from Lara. Our cat was in a fight over the weekend and has a number of wounds. I've washed them with a salt water solution, but they still look quite raw and sore. Is there anything else I can apply? Um, yeah, I think probably your, the, the main thing to think about or to remember is that most cat bites get infected because cats' mouths have lots of nasty bacteria. Um, and so normally, if you think of what happens in a cat bite, essentially it's like the cat injecting bacteria under the skin. So there's probably a high chance those wounds are going to get infected if they're not already. So again, I would make an appointment with the vet just because the cat may need some antibiotics. Um, often as well, you could have damage underneath the wound or under the skin. So I definitely would urge you to, to make a an appointment with the vet. In the meantime, you know, keeping them clean with warm salt water is perfect. That's great. Um, but I wouldn't advise you do anything else yourself because you may end up, you know, some people like to apply pseudocreme or things like that, but you may actually end up kind of clogging up an infected wound and making the problem worse. So I would definitely make an appointment with the vet. Uh, most of the time, the, the most basic stuff that these wounds need is, is kind of clipping up, cleaning, flushing, um, you know, probably under veterinary supervision and then probably a course of antibiotics and they'll be sore, you know, so your cat will probably need some pain relief as well. Don't try at all to give any um, pain relief yourself to the cat because all of the drugs that we use in people and even some of them in dogs are, are are very toxic to cats so I would definitely get an appointment with the vet to be on the safe side Thanks Sinead our 15 this is the next one our 15 month old Labrador another lab is nearly impossible to take for a walk he'd pulled the arms off you I have a standard lead in collar which is useless restraining him what do you suggest Sinead? Yeah I, I definitely need to go for a harness and um, there's a few different kind of allegedly non-pull harnesses on the market um, if you either look them up online or go to some of the big pet chains you can get ones that kind of pull you know, they cause a bit of pressure around the kind of shoulders and so they're not hurting the dog by pulling on the neck uh, and they're going to be much more effective. So I would look into that. I would also look into contacting a, um, a local dog trainer. So draining classes um, in the first protocol just to give you a bit of help that will help you teach the dog because it is possible to teach a dog to walk to heel even if it's a crazy young Labrador. So definitely you need a harness. Um, like I say, look up the different kind of no-pull harnesses that there are around. Um, and then as I say try a lot of the training classes are back up and running now after COVID if you look up Dog Training Ireland um, it's a website it'll give you information on local training classes and actually they're really good fun they're great for the dog to socialise um, and actually it'll help you to train the dog as well because it is possible to train the dog there's no problem with that it might take a little bit longer if the dog's very boisterous but you can and then the walks can be fun yeah and that's the main thing that they are fun yeah. now here's an unusual one I'm delighted thank you whoever you are no name with this Jerry we've inherited a tortoise and it started to wake up the last couple of weeks and move about can Sinead advise how to care for it Oh my goodness! They've just inherited a tortoise. That's uh, wow. That's and so I, I'm just wondering what kind of um, how they've been keeping the tortoise. I mean, certainly the, the tortoise will go into into hibernation. Um, it depends on what species it is, but most of the tortoises you need to feed them. They like fresh vegetables. They like berries, uh, different fruit, melon, kiwi, things like that. And um, you're going to need to have uh, you know really a kind of suitable what we call a vivarium really for 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 the tortoise to be in. So. 
I think probably what you need to do is maybe go down again, either, you know, have a chat with the, you know, the big local pet shop um, because you need, you know, you'll need some kind of uh, heat source. Um, you'll need um, a, a nice, cosy, safe place where they can settle and sleep and rest and relax. Um, and they'll also need a nice area for ex- for exercise. I mean, they tend to need as they, a heat source. So you'll need some kind of thermostat with that. You will need probably UV light. Um, you'll need a nice place for the tortoise to hide. Um, you'll obviously need food and water bowls. Um, and then you need to be kind of careful on the material that you have for bedding. So I think you can do a bit of an internet search and then go and have a look at some of the big pet shops um, and, and get all the information. But you do need, you know, to, to, to find out. It's not just like keeping a dog or a cat. You know, you are going to need, um, you know, different things and, and try and find out what species of tortoise it is. So you could probably take some pictures and have a little look up on the internet, but you do need to find out what, uh, you know, the best way to keep the, uh, keep the little one. They live to a brave age, don't they, Sinead? They do, they do. And so some people, you know, they can live for a long, long time. So normally you need a kind of substrate for their bedding. So some, depending on the species of tortoise, they might need soil. Sometimes they have kind of bark mulch. Um, but you, you do need to, to, to get a bit of more information. So I think number one, what species of tortoise is this? Um, and number two, um, you need to get along to your, you know, local kind of big pet store and get all the right uh, materials. But, uh, you know, if you take good good pictures of the tortoise... And have a look online you should be able to identify there are also a number of um, you know vets that specialise in what we call exotic pets so I would make an appointment with one of them if you look up online you can find out the good exotic vets um, in, in in the east coast of Ireland uh, and just maybe even to go for a bit of a health check and get some advice about that because they're, they're, they're just a totally different kettle of yeah. fish to keeping dogs and cats Back to our four-legged friends. Jerry. we have a problem, and only a recent one, I'd say, since the beginning of March. We have a three-year-old terrier cross, and she suddenly started to chase our tail non-stop. Is there something up? So often this kind of sudden excitement in the in the tail can be related to a problem um, with the anal gland. So all dogs have two little anal glands on each side of their of their anus. So they sit, if you imagine the, the bum as a, as a clock, at four o'clock and eight o'clock, you have these little anal glands. Uh, normally they empty uh, kind of anal gland secretion when the dog passes uh, poops. But sometimes, especially if they're on a low fiber diet, you get a buildup of the secretion. And so the dog feels a little bit like they have a balloon up their bum. And so the only way they can get to it is either sometimes they drag the bum on the ground or sometimes they do this endless trying to get to their back end, trying to chew their tail. So definitely trip to the vet, get the anal glands checked. Also, um, the vet can have a look at the base of the tail, underneath the tail, as you can yourself, and make sure are there any kind of itchy spots, any sores. Sometimes if they pick up fleas, um, the fleas can, can cause irritation near the, the lower back base of the tail. So it could be if you have itchy skin there, because the dog can't quite reach the base of the tail, they'll be chasing the tip of the tail. So you need to rule out a medical problem first. If that's all fine, it maybe you have a behavioural issue. So maybe is the dog bored? Is the dog getting enough exercise? So is there a bit of frustration there? But definitely go to the, the medical facilities first to find out is there a physical problem. Sinead, fantastic. Going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show again. No worries. It was great fun. I'll chat to you again soon. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's our vet, Sinead Kelly. Bye, Sinead, there. And what a woman can just take anything on the uh, hoof and give you the answer. We thank her.
for her contribution to Late Lunch always. And she'll be back with us again next month. Just got word earlier today. I thank Jerry Martin, my good friend in Sligo, uh, that the cuckoo has arrived in Sligo where we go fishing. Haven't been over this year yet. Hope to get there soon. Anyway, the cuckoo arrived. They heard him for the first time on Sunday. That's in Sligo on Loch Arrow. Uh, anybody hear a cuckoo in this neck of the woods? Well, they're rare here. As I said, uh, shielding in the things, old castle mead, that type of thing. North Low there, remember, in other years, but they're not city slickers. They don't like the urban areas. We've lost them completely from large tracts of urbanised low than Mead. But if you do hear the cuckoo, do let me know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. But coming back to your house names next. And hello, David. Hiya, Jerry. Good to talk to you. And you too. It's been a long time. I love your house name. Tell them what it is. My house name, Jerry, is a little bit unusual, uh, how I come up with the name for, for, for my house. It's called Cranabanya. The milk tree. The milk tree. And um, how I come up with the name was, years ago, people would remember in the late 70s, early 80s, the, the Cayleys were very popular around in Leo in the Midlow area, and traditionally all over Ireland. Mm. But there was one Cayley in particular um, called... The Kanye One Cross Cayley. Right. And I, I attended many a time over the <laughs> Kanye One Cayley. And this is it's true. Go on. And uh, the Kanye One. And uh, so I remember being out many the Cayley was a young lad pedaling over my bike from the Leon crowds would be down. And John Flanagan, the late great John Flanagan, founder of Scurry Clan Larry, used to run all the, the Cayleys and all the musics. So um, when I started building the house in 1996 mm. over at the cross John Flanagan arrived in when I, when, I, when I was doing the foundations in the house and he says do you know what David he says you're the first house to build in this area for 25 years and he says you've got to call it the Kanye one after all the Cayleys a lot of the people would know the where the Kanye one is, yes. but they actually don't know the history of it. Okay. So I says, John, I says, Kanye one says, I, I don't even know how to spell it or pronounce it. Well, he says, funny enough, it's actually Kranabanya, the milk tree. I said, it's pronounced Kanye one. And I said, how is all this? Why is it called Kanye one or the Kranabanya? He said, it's kind of the well-to-do way of saying Kranabanya is Kanye one. Right. So he proceeded to tell me the history behind that cross was in the famine from 1845 to 1852. He says people from Dunlear used to go uh, over to the cross and it was known as the Conyuan Cross where they would meet and congregate under a tree. And the owners of uh, Barmead Castle, which would have been Bellews, uh, I think their owners since around the 1670s, 1680s, they used to provide all the people within Leo with milk. Mm. And people used to go out with their, their chorns and their buckets and yes. bring over wheelbarrows. So uh, when, I, when he, he told me the whole story about it, and I just thought it was a wonderful story uh, of how it came from Cranuan to Cranuan. So I said to the alien, I said, you know what? I said, we have a name for a house. I said, John Flanagan is after leaving, leaving the site. And we called it the Cranabanya. Ah, oh, what a story. 
Yeah, and that, it's a true story. That is and a I great... Never would, I, I would have just always known how Kanye you won. Yes. But it actually is Cranabanya Dimitri. And Jerry, I actually uh, planted a lovely uh, weeping butch, a huge tree, and I've me sign under an old Cranabanya. Isn't that just great? Yeah. Isn't it? Are, it's a story mm. and a half, I have to say, David, behind it. So, and, and what you've done is, at the cross where the people met, you're, uh, met, your house now carries the name with all that history behind it. Yes, yeah. Mm. yeah. I put, that... put the tree at the cross, Cranabanya, just inside my site, inside my entrance. Mm. And uh, only for John Flanagan, I never, I never would have come up with that name. Ah, it's a, I'm forever grateful. It's a great it's not, story. It's not as good as the fishing story. <laughs> no, listen, it is. Oh my God, the history in your story yeah. is you know, outstanding. A lot, people, a lot of people, Jerry, would be familiar and only on the mid-out area, the Kanye one. Yes. I know they probably will know now why it's Kanye. There Bank, you go. The <laughs> you've, you, you've given a, a, an outstanding history lesson to us today and, and educated us, all of us, in, in the name as well. David, that's great. Listen, it's lovely. Still, it's still, it's still, it's still called the nickname. The nickname is the Kanye One. I'll meet you at the Kanye mm. One. It's still, it's still to this day, people in the locality would, would refer to it as the Kanye One. Yeah. There you go. Well, listen, it's David. You're great to get in touch with us. And uh, no reg- re- regards to Alien and everybody. Thanks yeah. for joining me, David. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks indeed for uh, more more coming into us here. My husband uh, Jim Maguire's house uh, home home house. Uh, my husband Jim Maguire's home house was called the White House in Drogheda, up beside Southgate. It's now demolished and it was whitewashed too. Says a listener to us. Noel was on to say, Jerry, it makes me blood boil when I hear the teachers looking for more money. They only work nine months of the year and there's a war going on. Do they not understand? Thanks for your comments indeed. Oreo Speedwagon on your late lunch and loving you. Jerry uh, Paddy Dunnigan's house in Monaster Boyce is called St. Etchens. Who was that, I wonder, says Anne? We'll have to have a look at that one. Thanks for getting in touch with us. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. The Dunderry Fair is happening on Maybank holiday weekend. We have two pair of tickets to give away today to who, Louise? Cora Donlan, who lives in Robin's Nest. You'd like that, Jerry? Ah, the name of the house. Is yeah, that the name of the house? That's the name of the house. Oh, well, back to it again. Robin's Nest. I love it. Yes. And Marion Kelly from Central Stand. Well done to both of you. A pair of tickets each and we'll have more tickets to give away to Dunderry Fair on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. Now, it's time for my soundtrack this week from a movie or a musical. And this one was a musical originally and then became a movie. Yes, I'm talking about Grease. The soundtrack was released for Grease on April 14, 1978, Two months ahead of the movie. The stars of the movie. Yes, you do know them, don't you? Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta only appear on seven of the 24 tracks in the movie and on the album. All of the songs written for the Broadway musical, which I did mention preceded the movie. It opened actually back in February 72, six years before it transferred to the big screen. All those songs from the original musical were included in the movie's soundtrack as well. The album itself was positively received by critics and punters alike and nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammy Awards. The most successful songs, when you look at it in hindsight, were actually the new ones written for the movie itself. And these new songs, combined with the oldies, drove the album to number one in the USA album charts and in the UK. Yes, it stayed at 13 weeks for at number one 
in the album charts in the UK. 13 weeks. It was a huge hit. There was the exceptional oldie performer who enjoyed a new lease of life because of Greece, including the performer on this one, the title track. It's the word, it's the word, it's the word. And your late lunch this week, yes, Grease, my featured uh, soundtrack this week, musical and movie, most famous for the uh, movie, of course, starring Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta and Frankie Valli there, of course, with the theme song from the movie. I have some great songs for you for the rest of the week and more about the movie itself, of course, on your late lunch. Now, coming up next on the show, from Pop-Up, to shop. I spoke to my next guest when she was only a pop-up. Now she's made the leap from pop-up to shop. Michelle Smith, welcome back to Late Lunch. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Congratulations to you. Thank you so much and thanks for having me on again. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I've always loved the name Pip and Pops. Remind our listeners where this and how this all began. Yes, that's right. So we started our startup in uh, uh, 2021 throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, myself and my son were at home and we were homeschooling and we were kind of just thinking about maybe starting up something and we were trying to find uh, little gift boxes or presents that we could send to friends and family, but we just couldn't find everything that catered for um, what we were looking for. So it kind of started there. Um, but we were having a bit of a difficulty trying to start uh, the na- the company without a name. So we were looking for a name and he just was having a bowl of cornflakes one morning and he looked up and he said, yep, yeah, mommy, I think Pip and Pops would be good. So <laughs> I said, there we go. And we registered that. We registered the company that day. So that was our startup story. The power of cornflakes. Never underestimated, folks, no. <laughs> when they're having that breakfast there. It's a light bulb moment. The name's fantastic. And when you get a name like that, you just knew from the word go, this was it. So just explain, what is Pip and Pops about? So Pip and Pops, we originally started, uh, you know, as an online fashion boutique. Um, but, you know, we were catering for overseas um, expats and stuff like that who were trying to send gifts home because they couldn't get home, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything, yeah. all the travel restrictions. But since then, uh, we we did a pop-up shop just in October in Kells. Um, and then we decided then that we would go full-time and take on the premises full-time in Kells. So we've diversified a little bit into different areas like baby hardware, um, boogies and even christening, communion, occasion wear, anything we could think of, <laughs> we, we put in there. So I suppose we cater to a lot of gifts, but they kind of come with handwritten cards and wrapped in special tissue paper and stuff like that. Or, you know, people just call us and we, we put together stuff yes. for them. So, yeah, we've had we've had great fun along the way, the two of us. So, mm. so far, so good. Good on you. But it is... A big step and we shouldn't underestimate this because look at we know now retail high street retail you're in farrell street there in kells and so much being purchased online well you've made your impact of course big time initially you know to take on a premises and trade face to face was that like difficult a difficult decision to make or was it just a natural progression for you 
I think both, really. If I'm being honest, I think any startup, you, you know, you're not sure how it's going to, if it will take off. And, you know, it's just such hard work. So I suppose immediately when, when you're in a premises, you've immediately, immediately got overheads and, you know, that's something to think of straight away. But um, it felt like a natural progression because I think, you know, people say online is where it's at and it probably is in most cases. But I think that a lot of people, even myself, likes to go into a shop and see the, the, the products and feel them, size them up and see, you know, do they like them, the quality and all that kind of stuff. So for me, definitely, it's been a no-brainer in that sense. Once I kind of got over the initial hurdle of wondering, oh, you know, it's a big step, we know, should I do it? But mm. no, so far, so good. So please, God, it'll continue anyway, Jerry. So you're open Wednesday to Saturday, I see, from 10 to 5.30 there in Farrell Street in Kells. I saw the reaction online, I'm going back to online again, and all the well-wishers and good messages you've got. <laughs> What's it been like in the shop? Oh, like we just have the best fun. Um, like people just come in and they're always in great form because normally they have a nice occasion to buy for, whether it's a birthday or just to, you know, get something lovely for their kids or maybe they're having a new baby themselves. Um, so generally people are just in great form. They love to have the chats and, you know, just meet face to face because I think people have been stuck inside for so long where just mm. it's nice to get out and meet people and just have have the chats and a bit of a laugh, I suppose. I have to say, you know, it's interesting. And that's why I'm talking today. You're very interesting in that you start in the online space and now you're moving to the retail. I've gone yeah, I've gone space. the other way. Yes, you, that, you, are, you are unusual, you know, for especially a startup and, and, and somebody who's getting going, going as well. But I agree with you. I have to say, online is fantastic and it's convenient and everything. But by God, if we ever lose that personal touch, face to face, fit on, pick it up, hold it, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely, yeah, you can't beat it, and and nothing will beat it, uh, you know. But for us, definitely, people want to come in and see stuff, and you know, don't want to have to be returning stuff to online and mm. that as well. So it's definitely doubled up as, and I want to try stuff on in in the shop too. So yeah. it's definitely doubled up for that, you know, but. Um, yeah, so as I said, it's as a startup, no one really knows how it's going to go. All you can do is put 110% into it. But we've had great fun and we've made a lot of memories so far. So, mm. um, so far, like it's been great, thank God. So now you have to run both in parallel, I take it. You yeah. know, you're, you're <laughs> trading face to face and you're online. My God, you're busy yeah. people. Yeah, we are, but we can't complain because, mm. you know, it was worth, at the minute it was definitely worth all the hard work. You know, it just takes so much to get the premises. We renovated the premises. Um, it took about three months to renovate it. So, um, you know, now you can just get up every day and go in and everything's done. I don't have to paint. I don't have to, <laughs> you know, move boxes around. So at least I, I have that hard bit over and now I can just enjoy the customers and yeah. and the nice products. So, um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's great to see as well you are part of breathing new life into the heart of Kells, you know, opening up again, uh, uh, trading there on, on the main street of the town. It's, it, it, it's, I'm sure, overall by business interest, it's very welcome too. Yeah, absolutely. And like people have just been so supportive locally with all their lovely messages and well wishes because I think people just still love to see businesses open in the town. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so important for the community um, and to be able to pop in and get something, you know, instead of having to, to drive somewhere. Yes, 
Yes. Well, oh, look, at I wanted to say hello to you. I spoke to you when you were pop-up and you told us <laughs> the, the end about your son and it's a wonderful, wonderful story and I love the name, Pip and Pops. Continued yes. success to you and congratulations again, Michelle. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs> Not at all. You're very welcome. Take <laughs> care of yourself. You. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. 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 What a wonderful lady and great to hear of uh, face-to-face retail shop opening again in the heart of Kells. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow, I want to draw your attention to something. Dave Robinson is with us. And a lot of people have faced the trauma of their car being stolen, taken from outside their homes. He's with us tomorrow. He's an expert on car security and more besides. He's chatting to us on late lunch. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive this Tuesday evening. Have a lovely one. We'll see you tomorrow and leave you in the company of Mr George Ezra. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.